Let's go. Hot diggity. Holy hell, it's Friday. Okay, it's the sunshine here. Um, the parts that we're in haven't flooded away yet, so we're, we're in pretty good shape. Got your water wings on. I'm pretty floaty right now. You know, floaty or blo- floaty or belly, Yeah, belly's full of air. It usually keeps me floating, so. <laughs> Oh, so the first thing we have to address this week is the death of someone who oh yeah, probably influenced our show more than we're really aware of. Well, I mean, that's, that's where my moniker came from. See, I wanted to ask you that, Todd Springer. Where, where exactly did the, the name come from and when? So when I was interviewing for the station that we were both at... You know, obviously the the guy in charge is like, well, what do you want your new radio name to be? Because they usually don't want you to use your previous names unless you were super successful and they just want to steal you to spite the other company. But I wasn't that high up. Otherwise, if I was, I probably would have stayed. But anyways, I digress. So I'm meeting with this guy. It was for the overnight shift. And we're talking about, you know, how far can I push things? Because you know, this is, what the hell, this is 2002. Pre-Janet Jackson's boob thing and the FCC cracking down on us. Pre-Nipplegate. And, you know, so we're... He's like, well, you know, we don't want you to go all the way to Jerry Springer. We want you to be, like, someplace in the middle, like Todd Springer. And we're like, you know, that name's not half bad. We couldn't think of anything else better. So that's what we stuck with. And then as I kind of bopped around that radio group, I just kind of shortened it up just to Springer because... It rolls off the tongue. See, I wanted to actually be Bill Brasky from the Saturday Night, the Will Ferrell sketch. Jeez. To Bill Brasky! But apparently that was a no-no. And like two minutes before I went on the air the first time, the program director decided on Mikey K, and I hated that. I hated it then, I still hate it now. Why, though? It works. It's easy. I, I don't know. Fortunately, yeah, there's only... A handful of people that actually still call me that, but yeah, it it, it makes me cranky. I, well, I, I was either that or I wanted. I really kind of wanted to be Phil McCracken. That one would have been good. Well, but... because that was the one time when I was working downtown, we used to do contests all the time, and the bouncers used to put in those fake names like Seymour Butts and or Mike the Hunt. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that was a classic. I remember doing an event. For a previous group at Chi Chi's Mexican restaurants, and they were doing a drawing, and the one sales guy loved to fuck with one of the jocks, and so he threw some fake names in there, and so this guy's just pulling names out, not even thinking about it, just reading it into the mic, going out through the PA of the whole goddamn restaurant, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, we're looking for Mike Hunt," and the sales guy is just in the corner dying, just dying and this jock was totally oblivious to it you know oh, obviously I... nobody nobody came up to respond to mike cunt and then he just moved on and then later on it dawned on him was like oh shit well you know there i can top that but even though it wasn't me um there was the uh burned out uh grunge station across the hall you know those dipshits mm-hmm. um with the exception of a couple um one of them was doing a thing for their a drawing one night and uh he was on the air and he actually said he's like all right caller number such and such at this time 
you're going to win this and that. And uh, Michael Hunt, all right, you've got so many minutes and so many seconds to give us a call. Michael Hunt, give us a call. Mike Hunt, give us a call. And I had had their station on in our studio because they were playing a rare song that I actually liked. And I ran across the hall and just said, you know, he puts down his headphones and turns off the mic. And I'm like, do you know what you just did? You know, nobody ever wants me to walk into the, the station studio and get that. You know, that's like when but I you issued, know what you just did when I issued the emergency alert system tornado warning in February. Yeah, and a guy and you know that those one when you start for those of you not familiar with it when you fire a emergency alert it goes across all our stations it goes to the sheriff's department it goes to the I think a note goes to the TV stations in town and the guy across the hall came running in and he's like what the hell did you just do and then I saw the the studio hotline go blinking white, you know, the strobe Yeah, that's never a good one either when the studio hotline that only the bosses have access to The bosses of the sheriff's department and that's who called and I said it was an equipment malfunction, I think. Ah, good cover. But the problem is once you fire those, you cannot stop it. No, no. The the toothpaste is out of the tube. Mmm, toothpaste tubes. Anyway, so yeah, Jerry Springer no longer there. I still think uh, I think that thing I sent you earlier, that weird Al, lesbian oh, Nazi hookers abducted yeah, but, by aliens and forced into weight loss programs. Next on Town Talk, the weird Al bit from the movie UHF came out before Springer got big. I think that was more a riff on Geraldo. Don- well, him and like Phil Donahue yeah. when they started really pushing shit. But, you know, Springer's the one that just brought it into, like, mainstream. Because um, the second Austin Powers movie had a bit in there, and that was hilarious. Yeah. And, I mean... And, you know, everybody's kind of jumped on it, or it kind of took on a life of its own. Yeah, and it's, you know, how can you not like a guy who was so dumb? He was actually a, a mayor in Ohio, I well, believe. And he paid, said, paid like, for a we... prostitute with a personal check. God, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, he, he, was, he just seemed, you know, he's, he's very affable. And, you know, he'd do his little homilies at the end. And he seemed fairly earnest. He wasn't being like a complete douche knob about it or coming across all skeezy like Geraldo. Well, I think when he was asked to about, you know, his show, whether or not it was actually staged or fake, he said, you know, people don't watch my show for reality. Although yeah. I, I did read something by someone that was actually at one of their shows recently who said it's it wasn't so much you know that it was fake it was so much that the audience got so into it and got so worked up that oh yeah guys like the front row with her boyfriend and actually her boyfriend got called off the stage because um the guy on the stage called his girlfriend a hoe and they didn't realize at the time but they were sitting right next to steve the bouncer and this chick's boyfriend actually got body slammed by Steve. You gotta remember, like, the time period for this is, like, when professional wrestling was at its peak with, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, there was there's a lot of things kind of going in tandem at the same time with that programming. And, you know, granted, usually the Springer show would be on, like, late at night. You know, it'd be on 10, 11 o'clock at night, or sometimes it'd be on at midnight. Yeah, it wasn't daytime TV like it it has been recently. 
No, that, that was like Sarah or Sally, Jesse, Raphael, and Ricky Lake. They were doing the daytime stuff. That's back. I mean, Oprah was still doing her stuff back then. Yeah. And she was kind of trying to class up her act. You know, because her early shows were just as sleazy as most of those ones. Oh, God, yes. I mean, but she was also promoting her brand constantly. Well, yeah, that's when you know she started developing that brand. Because I mean, she was just another media person in the beginning. You know, she had she was in Color Purple. I don't know if she did a lot of acting before or after that. I'm I'm not sure, but just don't even get me started on Doctor Phil. That guy. Oh God! You oh, know God. what your problem is? Yeah, yeah. It's, I can't believe he's still on the air. Uh, idiots. That's why. Idiots that watch it. Anyway. It's cheap programming and people still want to watch it. True. Speaking of cheap programming. <laughs> so I think we should start a new tradition. Okay. Filthy Joke Fridays. Oh, God. Yep. And uh, I remember a joke. I've actually told one of your jokes several times before and you said it was it's known for the actual opening line being better than the punch line, oh right? oh so i got that one i learned that one in high school it was so when i was in high school me and my buddies would hang out friday nights this is before we got into girls and drinking we just hang out play video games shoot pool and drink a shit ton of pepsi and we listen to these comedy tapes because his dad had all this classic shit like Cheech and Chong and the early, um, oh, brain fart. Who's, uh, Carlin, George Carlin, a lot of his early stuff. Sure. So we started picking up, you know, cassette tapes of like you know, Sam Innocent, Innocent and Dice. Yep, yep. And anybody that travels around, you stop at the interstate, you stop at a truck stop or a big gas station. And they used to have all kinds of just weird crap to buy. And you could find... Foxworthy. Yeah, you could find cassette tapes of stand-up comedians that didn't have any major labels, and they worked really blue. Really blue. I mean, they Yeah, a lot of them, I think, came out on Dr. Demento's uh, the Rhino Records. But he found this cassette tape, a guy named John Fox. Oh, yeah. This guy was just filthy. His jokes were just disgusting. You know, kind of, kind of like Bob Saget before Bob Saget was revealed to be a tremendous pervert. <laughs> Rest in peace, show, Mr. Saget. Yeah, yeah. If you think you're here for a, a family-friendly uh, full house show, boy, are you in the fucking wrong place. You know, it reminds me of the beginning of your play that we did at the, the pump house. Oh, when the, the disclaimer at the beginning was, you know, this is a show for adults. The word cunt will not be used in this show. I repeat, the word cunt will not be used in the show. Again, the word cunt will not be used in this show. That that was such a great lead-in because if people laughed, you knew you had a good crowd. Yeah. If it was stone-cold silence, boy, were we fucked. Well, it was a good way to just warm people up for what was coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was true, the word cunt did not show up in that show at any time other than that disclaimer in the front. That was uh, that was Joe's idea. I couldn't I can't take credit for that. Oh, but it was it was kind of hilarious. One of his maybe one and only genius ideas. 
Yeah, yeah. But anyways, we're oh, so anyways, uh, John Fox. So he just had the filthiest jokes. We listen to these cassette tapes, and we just go. We, I mean, we listen to them all the time. You know, it's just like when your kids, like girls, they listen to the same pop song over and over and over. Oh yeah, guys will watch the same movies or listen to the same joke shit over and over because you know the joke's coming, but you still laugh your ass off. Yeah, and a lot of it's just the reaction of the, the people that you're with when you're listening to stuff like that, oh. especially somebody that hasn't heard it before or seen it before. Like I, uh, I got a girl really mad at me in the in the TC dorm. I was aware of the fact that she was pretty Catholic, and um, I just for some reason thought it would be funny to show her the uh, Kentucky Fried movie bit, uh, Catholic oh, high school girls in trouble. Oh Jesus. Everybody else thought it was hilarious. Not her so much. She never talked to me again. I remember taking a high school class, and for extra credit, we could watch movies. One of them was The Name of the Rose with Sean Connery, which is a great fucking movie if you've never seen it. And the other one was um, Monty Python's The Life of Brian. Uh, uh, And he said flat out, you know, if you have a very high religious sensibility, you will not enjoy these, so I do not recommend these. And there's other opportunities for extra credit, but I mean, he'd like to push people too. Yeah, and uh, Eric Idols, I think it's the Not the Messiah, is something everybody should definitely check out. Oh, I don't know that one. Is that a book or is that a special? I think that was that actually a play. I know I read Eric Idols' book after I read John Cleese's and Graham Graham Chapman's is great because you don't know what the stuff in the book is is actually made up and what's real and he flat out says like yeah he flat out says that like 90% of it is bullshit but you're gonna have to guess what is actually bullshit how old is that book about how they had to play they had to be uh, surgeons or they were at, he was he actually was a doctor but when their doctor training they actually had to remove a mortar shell from a guy's ass and while they were all wearing bomb helmets oh jesus <laughs> anyway let's go to your let's get let's get to the jokes here so all right ahead. so this one's extremely offensive here we go two firemen are butt fucking in a smoke filled room yeah, usually you can stop the joke right there because it's just so ridiculous and bizarre. But anyways, it keeps going. Fire chief walks in. What in the hell are you guys doing? And one of the guys goes, well, sir, this man's suffering from smoke inhalation. And the fire chief's like, well, give him mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. And the other guy goes, well, that's how all this shit started. But um, <laughs> And that, that joke works at so many levels, just as far as, like, setups. And just, just like right out of the gate, not not something simple, not something easy. It's like boom, right out of the gate. <laughs> and you know, it's I mean, everybody knows the classic joke with the last line, wrecked them, damn near killed them. I mean, you don't even have to tell the joke; you just do that, and people start laughing. Yeah, I got one here that was sent to us on our Twitter account. That's uh, at Radio How many Followers Mobile. we have like five. What's that? How many followers do we have? Like five? Uh, a few hundred, actually. About 500-something. Oh, God. How many of them are bots from, like, Russia or North Korea? Uh, I can actually weed those up pretty easily. The weird one is that our former station follows us. That is weird. That anyway. Is very weird. From Groggy. A Catholic priest 
a pedophile, and a rapist walk into a bar. He sits down and orders himself one drink. But I'm just... oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's you know, it's a riff on an old classic. It's it's unfortunately painfully accurate in some situations. That's like the what is it? Uh, a priest, a priest, a rabbi. Uh, an imam or something? Yeah, a priest, a rabbi, and an imam walk into a bar, and the bartender says, "What is this? Some kind of joke?" But I'm. Yeah. What else, what else you got? Um. Oh, another one from John Fox, and I'll I'll give you the punchline: rats with big fucking dicks about this long. <laughs> You don't really need a joke when you finish with that. No, well, I mean, basically the setup was is like a teacher is doing like the alphabet with little kids at school, and so they're gonna go through go through all the letters. And there's one little boy that's always got the worst imagination, always comes up with the filthiest words. Dirty and, Johnny. You know, what's that? Dirty Johnny. Yep, usually, usually. And you know, she starts going through the alphabet, and you know, he's putting his hand up, you know, raising his hand. And she's like, oh, God, I can't call on him. So she calls on the other kids, but she feels bad for not including him. And so she finally gets to the letter R thinking, oh, God, R's got to be safe. I can't think about, I can't think of any dirty words that start with the letter R. And so finally, I mean, and, and this, this, this joke is kind of like the aristocrats where you can really stretch this out oh, and sure. really fill it up. Um. But basically, she gets to R, and she's like, all right, that'll be a safe one. I'll let him do that. And he's like, rats. And she's like, very good, dirty Johnny. And he's like, rats with big fucking dicks about this long. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. I got it. Well, Go ahead. Oh, I'm just thinking about some of the old comedians we used to see when we used to host comedy. Yeah. Which I know you didn't get to do that very often because it was always during your shift. I remember this one old guy, and he he did a lot of Vegas stuff, and he was just kind of, I don't know if he got kicked out of the casinos or what, but he was doing the the circuit around here, and just his style was very interesting, because he kept the mic very close to him, old hippie, long hair, long beard, and it was a very intimate style, where he just kind of like talked personally, it's almost like you're just, just you and him in the room, but he talked about pussy, for almost an hour straight, just like how much he loved pussy and how great pussy was and how beautiful it was. And it's like, it wasn't so much a comedy show. It almost felt like you were in a therapy session with him. Sounds like he was more, he was woke before woke was woke. Oh, it's, it's not even that. It's just, I, I, I kind of imagine him working those dirty ass side casinos in Vegas where he's got like the 2 a.m. show and you know those are the guys that just get up there they're mostly entertaining themselves they're getting paid regardless if there's one person in the audience or a hundred so they just get to do shit to amuse themselves I'm assuming he developed this style just because he's used to playing it to empty rooms yeah but I could be wrong that's just what kind of went through my head I got another one here, and for the record, for those of you listening, I do not have... Actually, neither of us have kids. Probably a good thing. Not that I'm aware of. I wait around on Father's Day, but nobody shows up. Anyway, so uh, last night I was watching watching a movie with my son, and uh, during the movie, there are you know, two girls in this bedroom, and uh, this is like a show on 
HBO, of course. Oh, um, yeah. They started undressing and kissing and everything, and I said, "Okay, okay, okay. It's it's bedtime for you." And uh, he said, "Don't don't worry. I've seen this kind of thing on TV before." And I said, "Well, you know that may be the case, but you're not watching me masturbate." Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Usually, anytime you bring kids into the into the joke, that the punchline revolves around. Well, that's why I saw you know what, what mommy did with the mailman. Or that's what I saw what Daddy did with the lady next door. You know, those old classic setups. Oh, sure. Or you get oh. the farming jokes. What else you got? Oh, that was a good one. Um, oh, here's, here's a classic, like, farming joke. Um, this guy, you know, a young guy, his dad sends him over with the prize bull to the neighbors because they need to do a little insemination. And so basically he brings the bull over in the tractor or in the trailer in the truck, puts it in the pen, and then they you know start bringing in some females. And he's there with the, the neighbor farmer's hot daughter. And watching this bull service all these cows kind of gets him a little excited. And Okay. Yeah, yeah. And he, and he kind of like makes a little sidehand comment to like the farmer's daughter about like, I sure would like to be doing what that bull's doing. And the girl's like, well, why not? It's your bull. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. What else have we got here? And was there any other stuff from our our vast array of uh, followers? I'm looking right now. Hey, uh, what's worse than a raisin in your chocolate chip cookie? Half a worm in your apple. The Holocaust. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, it sounds like uh, who's that one comedian that's got a very, very dry, droll sense of delivery? Uh, oh, God, Stephen I could Wright? see him. Stephen Wright, yeah. It seems like one of his, you know, he just drops this megaton on you when you're not expecting it. I remember uh, Sam Kinison, I, I, remember, I don't remember which album it was. I think he's have you seen me lately it's a picture of him as a kid on the cover but he, he's talking about like he can make a joke out of anything and he had a buddy bet on me couldn't and like give me whatever you got i can make a joke out of it and he's like homosexual necrophilia he's like i can make a joke out of that and then he proceeds to do so and i'm like oh my god somehow this this twitter thing has turned into priest jokes um <laughs> Apparently we have a lot of Protestant listeners. Nothingness. Nothingness is the name. Uh, two priests walk into a bathroom to go to the to take a leak. One priest looks down at the other priest and asks why he has a nicotine patch on his penis. The other priest replies, I'm down to just a couple butts a day. Oh. Oh my god. Oh. That's not right. Oh, there's some lawyer jokes on here. Those are dumb. Um, oh, my God. Did you have, like, some top ten list or something? Or top ten question list you want to go over? Or are you going to save that for a different show? Um, Actually, I do have it. Um, we did have a one... There's a... Questions for men from women, too, because we didn't really finish that on the last one. 
Here's here's one that actually kind of applies to me right now because something happened at work the other day. It just royally pissed me off, but I'll, I'll get into it later. Um, why do men suppress their anger so much? Why do we hold it in? Oh, God, except for what we're taught to do. Oh, and just, you know, it's a... It's definitely a guy thing, or maybe it's it's not as big of a deal now. You know, it's like the, you know, guys aren't supposed to cry thing, you know. I'd say these days, most people don't suppress shit anymore. I mean, road rage is off the charts. And like, I mean, getting into all kinds of ugly, violent shit. But yeah, it's just like nobody seems to suppress anything anymore. They're just tearing in on whatever. Yeah, and I mean, it's for me, it's for the other person's own good, frankly. <laughs> well, that's just it. You know, if there's some constructive criticism to be shared, that's one thing. But if you're just going to shit all over somebody's head just because you want to, that's uh, that's not helpful. Well, like a lot of the time, somebody asks, like, what are you thinking about? And my real 100% honest answer is you don't want to know. Be, to be perfectly honest. Tell them inside of your head is like the end of that movie, Event Horizon. <laughs> Gateway to hell has been opened. Yeah, that's true. Gateway to hell was probably also like the uh, sign instead of live, laugh, love over my ex's uh, bedroom door. Yeah, I see. Anyway... I don't know where we're going with this. We kind of, kind of, the wheels just kind of fell off. Well, it's because like most of our shows, we start out with the topic and we definitely don't end there. Except for the ones we've done recently. We actually had some good shows recently. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've pulled a few decent ones out of his ass. Out of our well, I, mean, ass. I mean, we could just do like a whole series of like digging up old Cosmo questionnaires and going through those. Because those are so painful and ridiculous, and you wonder why women don't have realistic expectations for relationships. You know, I, I've gotten to the point now in my life where you see like a young couple and you kind of look at them as like, yep, definitely first marriage there. Definitely first marriage. You know, neither one of them really have the maturity to like have a balanced relationship. And maybe one will become the alpha, the other one will become the beta, or maybe they're both just going to fight over being the alphas, but it's just like, there's nothing healthy there. True. Hey, did you hear that little ding there? Nope. Oh, okay, we just got another joke. Oh, God, really? Yep. <laughs> okay, this one's, this one's, this one's good. I, I like this, and I think the ladies will appreciate this one. How do you know that the Messiah is a woman? Okay. How do you know that the Messiah is a woman? We've spent centuries waiting for her to come and no one knows if she really came. Okay. Yeah. Not sure if that's good or not. I'm looking up John Fox to see if he's still alive. Um, I know they used to play him on uh, like the XM comedy stuff all the time, but I'm not sure if he's still around. Well, they keep saying and talking about him in past tense. I'm assuming that he's dead. 
Well, I guess we'll have to salute him too. Along with Jerry Springer and Bob Saget. There was a comedian who used to be in Bob and Tom called, uh, oh God, what was it? Wild Bill something. Wild Bill Bauer. And that guy was hilarious. And I mean, he'd, he'd do some like really scathingly funny bits. He did a bit about um, a Russian roulette competition. And there was a guy who was a repeat winner. Just let that go through your head. But anyways, uh, yeah. I should good. probably get a, a Stanhope joke in here too because he's probably my favorite working comedian today. And it's one that um, he actually started off his show and he did it when I saw him on his uh, shit town comedy tour. And uh, not, not PC at all, but I think the whole purpose of the joke was to actually get people just to walk out right away. Which which some did. <laughs> Said, uh, so hey, uh, my girlfriend, uh, you know, I asked her if it was going to be cool if I could, you know, bang her between the boobs. And uh, she said, well, you know, we've done this before. How are you going to make it feel good for me this time? So I, you know, thought about it for a while. And I said, well, this time, five seconds before I finish, I'll stop punching you in the face. Oh, my God. (laughs) And that was, I believe it was between that. And he does a whole bit on um, being stuck in a hotel room with no porn. You should definitely look this up. Um, if you can find it, it, it is on YouTube about um, watching China's The Wrestler's sex tape. Oh, Jesus. And how, how god-awful that experience was. And I can't even get into the kind of graphic detail, but he, that's the one thing that he does to absolute perfection is he goes, he goes to the line and then past the line, and then there is no line to the point where, like, when I saw him, it was in Appleton, that I was actually just... We were so, you know, people were so uncomfortable. They were squirming in their seats. That's kind well, of the thing. That's what yeah. I aspire to do someday. I think it's not entertain people, but make them squirm. Oh, I'm sure the show just shows done a couple of times. I was, uh, who was I? I was listening to a podcast. Some comedians were talking and they were reminiscing about Norm Macdonald. And oh sure! How he loved to screw with the audience. Sometimes he'd be doing like these small shows on his way up, and you know he he you know it'd be one of those gigs where it's like one or two in the morning, and his goal was to basically chase everybody out of the room just with his material, either being offensive or too weird or just nasty. And sometimes he could do it, you know, and just doing just such bizarre shit. And yeah, and I. That was part of the reason I think he got fired from SNL, too. Yeah, like all the guys that worked at SNL loved him, but yeah, they some of them talked to me. No, what, what What? was the main thing he got fired? Oh, it was an OJ joke. Yeah, yeah. Because OJ was friends with some big high mucky muck over at NBC, and that's basically what got him shit-canned, because he didn't want anybody doing anything about OJ. Well, he had done several, too, I think. But said, like, Norm was Norm was sick, and he knew it for a while, but he never told anybody. And that's yeah, what kind of actually just, a lot of his buddies is like he never told them he was sick. His last special he actually did from home, and it, it is on Netflix. It's actually really funny. It's weird 
seeing without a without an audience, but it's it's very good. But we just got another ding. We got one more joke. Once again, we're uh, at Radio Mofo on Twitter. If you want to contribute to uh, <laughs> Filthy Joke Friday, you know why uh, Jesus was a lucky guy? Why? He got nailed three times in one night. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, there's a second one on here. Hold on. jeez. Oh, I'm glad the clock's almost running out. This is getting painful now. Oh, this is one you actually need to see in person, but it said, why was Jesus a big hit with the ladies? Why? You spread your arms all the way apart like Jesus. You say, because he was hung like this. Cheap. That big. Cheap. Jesus probably was well hung I would think oh lord that's that's gonna get us some ornery retorts oh and uh did you ever read uh lamb book lamb uh, yeah is it Christopher Nolan it's a it's a book about uh Christ and his best fa- best pal Biff and it's the adventures of of Jesus to the point like where he wants to experience what it's like to have sex with a lady so he has Biff have sex with a girl and then tell him like in graphic detail everything that happened oh my god it's an actual it's actually it's a really amazing book but um i'll put up a link to it but anyway filthy joke friday i think we are just about out of time unless you got another quickie the aristocrats <laughs>